0: Today we're discussing page 48. This page continues the final chapter, chapter 28, Time Amok. Last time, we found the mysterious mountain toward which all of time and space is being pulled. If we did not bring Einstein with us, he jumped out from behind a rock. After getting here somehow, don't worry about it. We all climb up the mountain. At the top is a hole. The hole sucks us in. We can roll to evade being sucked into the hole, but it won't work. We fall in the hole. Once we fall in the hole, we fall unconscious, of course, as we are extremely used to by now. It's almost comforting. When we wake up, we're in Gettysburg. Abraham Lincoln is addressing the crowd. He says eight score and 12 years ago. This is when Einstein realizes what's going on here. Blah, 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 time. Blah, 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 chronovore. Anyway, you're in the belly of a time monster, and the only way through it is to take a history quiz. The judge will now present you with a series of blurbs describing moments in history. Your task is to identify the historical inaccuracy in these blurbs. Every time you succeed... You can move to the next node in a kind of square flow chart pictured in the back of the book. I'm not even going to put it up on the visual companion. It's just basically a grid, and you can move from cell to cell. It's, it's not really a space, and it's also not really a sequence of events. It's just kind of an arbitrary ordering of, like, which of these blurbs you hear. Anyway, forget story, forget location, forget your motivation, forget your character. It's time for a history quiz. I'm going to give you the blurbs, but I'm not actually going to give you the correct answers for what's inaccurate about them in case you want to play along at home. I'll give those to you next episode, which will be a special episode. So here we go. Here are all the historical scenes. Identify the inaccuracies. Quote, Event A. You step out into a windy August morning in 1945 and witness an atomic bomb explode over the distant town of Dresden. Event B. The Gettysburg scene from above. I already spoiled that one for you. Sorry. Event C. You see William Shakespeare penning A Midsummer Night's Fancy in Avon. Event D. You see the Avengers rescue the original Union Jack, one of the greatest heroes of the Second World War, from suspended animation. Union Jack quickly becomes the Avengers' leader. Event E. Thrust into the Africa of early man. Nice job narrowing it down. We went to Gettysburg, then Avon, then Africa. Quote, thrust into the Africa of early man, you witness a caveman bring down a Tyrannosaur with a stone spear. Event F. You see Jack Ruby lean out the window of the Texas Book Depository building in Dallas, Texas and assassinate President John F. Kennedy. Event G, you see Thomas Alva Edison in his shop in Menlo Park, fitting a thin iron filament into his latest invention, the electric light bulb. Event H, you were in a theater in 1938, watching Mickey Mouse in his first cartoon, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Finally, Event I, you see King Richard sign the Magna Carta in 1215, granting certain rights to his subjects for the first time. We should have known it would come back to the Magna Carta, Let's all hope the six-year-old player has been hit in the books. Next, predictably, we get an option for applying our characters' abilities to this if we are weak and cannot navigate the history quiz slash dungeon ourselves. We can make reasoned feat rolls to see if our characters recognize the historical inconsistencies. The intensity of the feat depends on the event. It's typical for the first three, good for the middle three, and remarkable for the last three. Keep in mind that Albert Einstein is of no use in identifying any of these historical inaccuracies. For example. When he witnesses quote, an atomic bomb explode over the distant town of Dresden, he sees nothing unusual about that. May I just say, in perhaps the first instance of this phrase being used both mockingly and literally, nice going, Einstein. Finally, no thanks to Einstein, we arrive at the end of the history quiz. I mean, the interior of the creature. There we find box text, quote, you find yourselves in a vast chamber filled with what appear to be gigantic fibrous neurons and axons. At the other end of the chamber, You see a group of shadowy figures milling around what appears to be a huge machine. Let me just take a moment, I would be remiss not to note a climactic encounter in a giant brain, the idea of a chronovore, a cave in a mountain with two silvery guards out front who are impossible to sneak up on, which the secret zoomers ran into last chapter, and the secret evil plot that is about to be revealed are all highly reminiscent of Doctor Who. There I said it, it is extremely evident that the author watched the five doctors like right before, if not during, writing this adventure. You should go watch it and check it out. You'll see exactly what I mean. But enough about the five doctors. I am more interested in the six hooded figures that stand before us. Quote, No matter how the heroes attempt to approach the shadowy figures, say it with me, they cannot do so undetected. By the way, this is for no good structural reason. It is just because a cutscene is about to happen and the author doesn't want us ruining it. Quote, Just before they get close enough to see clearly, the figures suddenly whirl around to face them. The six persons are wearing long, black robes, the same sort of robes the heroes saw back at the Krozar compound. Suddenly, Dr. Doom pulls back the hood of his robe to reveal his face. Quote, Doom and his colleagues discovered the location of the chronovore long ago. They have been here setting up their equipment ever since. Only a few minor adjustments have yet to be completed. Once it is finished, the machine will give Doom complete control over the chronovore. Doom will then use this control to return the time stream to normal so he can blackmail its people. If they do not agree to his demands, he will unleash the Cronivore upon them once again. That's such a cliffhanger, we cannot but close on it. There's so much to say, and I'm going to say it. There's going to be a bonus episode. This is a two-parter, just like last time. This is going to be such an extensive jaunt in the podcast Time Machine that it's going to take a whole episode. But for now, for this episode, the dumbest thing, there are so many issues with Doctor Doom being here and what he's been up to, and we'll get into it all next time. But just for this moment... I want to ask you, when Doctor Doom dramatically pulls his hood back to reveal his face, does he pull back his black hood to reveal his green hood? Or does he pull back his black hood to reveal his bare metal head, demonstrating that as his disguise, he kept his metal armor on, but took off his little green cloak and put on a little black cloak to go undercover? There's no indication here of which of these things happened. Either one is hilarious. Take your pick. And why is he even in disguise in the first place? It's goddamn 1871. But anyway, enough about that. Join me next time on a bonus episode when we jump in the podcast time machine and I reveal what Dr. Doom and five other villains, maybe, have been up to all this time on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big Megasode on the top secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc, etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kola, whose work you can find at Kola.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H.com. Thanks for listening.